Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. Once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague, and in the studio today, we have an awesome guest, Devin Croner. Devin, how are you today? I'm great, Dallas. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad that you're here today, and you are the real estate pastor. That's right. Okay, I'm interested in in why we call you the real estate pastor, but before we do, could I just have you share a little bit about your background, about your story, maybe your family with the listeners? Sure. Um, So I uh, grew up with Appaloosa horses, and uh, we had world champion Appaloosa horses. And my trainer and her family uh, kept inviting my mom and I to church. And uh, we always had reasons why we couldn't go. But finally, uh, one day when I was about eight years old, my mom ran out of reasons, and that's how we started going to church. Uh, I ended up going to that church my entire life. I grew up in that church. Uh, eight years old that summer at VBS is when I had given my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, in seventh grade, sitting in uh, a youth service is when I really just felt like God was impressing upon my heart that he wanted me to do ministry. And so from that point on, that was really uh, my entire focus. I never really considered uh, anything else other than than ministry. I went to Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at a great, great Bible college down there, Rama, and uh, came back home and served as a volunteer for a couple of years before launching into to full-time ministry, um, and then have been kind of all over the country uh, since then. I met my wife, uh, Elizabeth, in Nashville, working as a children's pastor. Uh, she was one of the, the nursery uh, coordinators <laughs> at that time. And uh, it, it took a little while for us to, to hit off on the, the right foot with the relationship uh, because I didn't think she liked me. I had an intern who kept telling me, man, she, she likes you. You need to ask her out. And every time I'd go around and try and talk to her, she would turn around and ignore me. And uh, I know now that that's because she was trying not to blush and, and give away the fact that she liked me, but I thought she really <laughs> hated me. <laughs> so it took a little while. But, but after, uh, after we finally got to know each other, we knew uh, right away that, that we felt like God was in that relationship. And so we got married in 2008 uh, on the beach in Florida at sunset. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Barbara Rose's talents has brought her applause, success, and admiration from all over the world. But all of that cannot fill the void that is missing in her life. Read more about Barbara's life in Sean Gresham's new book, The Journey of Barbara Rose, available at authorhouse.com.
Come and experience Riley seeing the rainbow for the first time. Riley's mom explains the true meaning of the rainbow, beginning with Noah and the ark, along with the covenant of God made in Genesis 9.13. Riley loves the Bible story and can't wait to share her experience with her friends while she tells them about Noah's ark and the rainbow. They have a few stories to share also. Visit Amazon today to experience the wonderful story behind the rainbow in the new children's book, The Rainbow and Riley, God's Beautiful Promise. So we got married in 2008 uh, on the beach in Florida at sunset. It was it was perfect. Wow. And uh, perfect we've been wedding. <laughs> all over since then, all over since then, doing mm-hmm. children's ministry and then uh, being a lead pastor the last several years uh, in a campus. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Devin. Do you have any children? Yeah, we have. Uh, so we have four kids all under the age of seven. Um, you know, as a pastor, I always see people that, uh, you know, get they get married. And they don't really get to enjoy life and get to know each other before kids get involved. So we kind of put off having kids a little bit just so that we could do the other things in life that we wanted to do. Not that that's, you know, the right way for everybody, mm-hmm. but that's how we felt we wanted to do it. So uh, my oldest son is seven, and then we really kind of spaced him out. Uh, my next son is five, and then my daughter is three, and our youngest daughter is one. She just turned one. Uh, so we kind of... Wow space them out every two years apart there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And may I ask, how long did you wait between getting married and your first son? Um, so I, I guess five years, uh, you know, really was, was what it was. And that, that wasn't necessarily intentional that we said, oh, we're going to wait several years. We just, we didn't want to jump into getting married and let's try and have a kid right away. We wanted to uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of build our relationship and, and do some things. And at the time uh, when we first got married, uh, we immediately transitioned as well from the church that we were in in Nashville, which was a very, very large church, to a church that was in a more remote area. And uh, so that was everything about our life was different, not just that we were married, but everything about our life was different. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of one of those things where we said, you know, we, we need some stability, uh, hopefully, before we start bringing kids into this mix. Yeah. And so it was it was an intentional decision to some degree, but we love our kids for sure. I like that because my wife and I just recently got married too. And we're like, let's wait, let's, you know, we don't know how long, but definitely we're going to try to wait as long as we can before we start doing that too. So I think that's, that's good advice. Yeah. Again, that's not a right way to do it, but I think that from what I see in ministry, Mm -hmm. sometimes unless people have been, you know, together and dating for a long time, if they get married and then they jump right into kids, there's a lot of other stuff that you don't get to know about the other person. And then what happens is when yeah. the kids grow up and are gone, you look across the table at this person that you only know as a parent and you don't know them. And that can lead to problems down the road for some folks. So again, different ways to do it. I like that. I'll mention that to her too. So Devin, you, you are the real estate pastor. So why do they call you the real estate pastor? I'll just start with that. Well, again, I uh, went to Bible school and came home uh, to my home church and served and uh, have been in ministry really ever since graduating in some capacity, either as a volunteer or as a staff uh, position. And the majority of it to this point, but for the last uh, five years, we've been here in Kentucky, uh, northern Kentucky area, just outside of Cincinnati, and uh, pastoring a great group of people in, in Wilder, Kentucky, at uh, a church called Family Worship Center. But it's it's not a large church. 
um, you know, it's we're in a good area where there's lots of people around us, but it's just it's never been a, a huge church. And so I kind of begin looking at the end of 2017 at our, our budget and say, you know, hey, I want to make sure that we have the finances to do the ministry things that we want to do. And the biggest things that were holding us back from that were facility costs, which I couldn't do a whole lot about, and salary, which was for me. So I began to pray and talk with my leaders and talk with my wife and said, okay, what can I, what can I do to address this? And, uh, you know, I believe very, very much in what, you know, the, the Bible says in Revelation that, you know, Jesus speaks about opening doors that no man can shut, shutting doors that no man can open. And I believe very much in that principle. And right away, as I began to look at this, uh, doors started opening in real estate. And it was very apparent to me that God was leading me in this direction. So I took the classes, got my license, uh, got into real estate in the kind of middle of 2018. Uh, and since then, I've been doing both. So I do, uh, I do pastor the church still, uh, preach the messages, all those sorts of things. And then I also uh, sell houses and uh, help people buy and sell and meet their real estate needs and objectives. That's great. Does your church, does your congregation call you the real estate pastor? <laughs> no, no, not really. And I, you know, I, I tell them, you know, I, I tell them, you know, my first uh, responsibility is to is to the Lord and then to my family. But after that, it's to it's to them. You know, the change that I made is really to facilitate us doing some of the things in ministry that we want to do. So I let them know what's mm -hmm. going on. I I give them kind of updates on how things are going. But I have uh, strategically and purposefully not you know tried to sell my congregation. Uh, you know, I, some, I've had some people that have asked me questions and things like that. And if somebody came up to me and said they wanted me to work with them, of course I would. Uh, but I don't, I'm not out there like, you need to buy a house with me. And no, that's just not how I want to operate. Uh, so I've tried to build my yeah. business outside of the church. And it lets me reach kind of two different groups of people that way. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I see here that you you spent 10 years as a children's pastor and led over a thousand kids to Christ. That's impressive. Yeah, it was. Uh, so when I graduated from Rama uh, and came back home to my home church, I'm serving uh, my pastor and I told him, you know, I'm here to help. I'll do anything. And so he had me do everything. I mean, I produced the website. I produced the bulletin. I was the head usher. I was on the altar team. Basically, I did everything except worship because I cannot sing or play an instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing that I told him I did not want to do, I said, I do not put me with kids. I don't like children. I don't want to do children's ministry. So I basically did everything else for about a year. And then uh, one day uh, through a series of events, we had an opening in the children's ministry that needed to be kind of filled immediately. And so he, he said, Devin, I need you to do children's ministry. And I said, well, I'll do it tonight. It was literally on a Wednesday. I said, well, I'll do it tonight, but I'm not doing it going forward. And he said, no, I need you to do children's ministry. And I said, no, pastor, I, I'm doing, and I listed all the other things I was doing and said, I'm not, I told you, I don't like kids. I'm not doing this. He said, well, get through tonight and then go home and pray about it. And we'll talk about it. I said, pastor, I do not need to pray about this. I'm not doing it. So that's never a good idea uh, to, to say absolute mm -hmm. no when, when God's involved in something. 
But uh, I got through that night, and the next day, I'm sitting on my bed at home, and I, I, this is the, how the conversation went exactly. I said, Lord, I know I don't need to, and he just spoke to me immediately and said, you do it. And I yelled, no. <laughs> it was just one of those moments. So I went back to him, my pastor, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I said, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any ideas. I have no passion, desire for this. So that's okay. Just get through the next couple of weeks. We're going to get you some training. We're going to get you some help. And so he sent me back about a month later, back down to Tulsa to a conference. Uh, there's a church down there called Church on the Move. Willie George was huge in children's ministry uh, for years and years and years. And they used to do this big conference called the Dream Conference. And while I was there, uh, God just opened up my eyes and opened up my heart to kids ministry. And I came back uh, on fire and passionate about kids ministry. I mean, it was just like flipping a switch. And so we changed everything about that children's ministry uh, and, and it grew and we were able to just see more kids come into our, our church. We were a church of about 500 in a town of 500 in the middle of a cornfield in mm -hmm. central Illinois. And uh, the children's ministry was growing, but you know, I felt like it was time for me to, to move into full-time ministry because I was at that time bivocational, um, working in, in for Target uh, as a manager and then working in the, the church. And so my first full-time position uh, was a children's ministry position in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and I, once I realized what it was, I thought, these people will never hire me. I mean, here I am from this small church, less than a year experience in children's ministry. And this was a mega church, church of uh, over 3,000. And I thought, I don't have a chance. And they hired me uh, to be the assistant children's pastor. And it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's, as I mentioned, where I met my wife. Um, but we we did outreaches and we did like we did a Halloween festival where we had over 100,000 people come across our campus over the course of a day. Uh, it was just incredible. And, you know, we were very evangelistic in that that church and, you know, saw a lot of kids come to Christ. Um, and from there, you know, in Jackson, Tennessee, and then in the Kansas City area as a children's pastor. And I just carried that same passion with me for uh, a number of years that, you know, kids can know Christ. They can know what it means to be saved. They can know how to pray. They can know how to understand scripture. They have to be taught it at, a, at an age-appropriate level, but they can understand things and they can have a relationship with God. And that was always my focus, was I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be safe, but I wanted them to know that they could know Christ. Uh, and it didn't have to to just be the stories and it didn't just have to be through their parents but you know eight nine ten years old they can have that same kind of relationship uh, and so that was always my focus in in doing children's ministry in transitioning out of a children's ministry position into a lead pastor position what was that like <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was a really interesting uh time because uh we had just found out we were pregnant with our our first child and I, again, really had no intention of, of leaving or changing, but our church in Kansas, uh, the senior pastor retired. And so the new pastor came in and kind of was uh, like, I want to bring in my own people. And I was not one of those, those people. 
<laughs> so it was it was not you know there was no animosity there was nothing wrong i didn't do anything wrong he didn't do anything wrong they took incredible care of me basically i got paid by the church to stay home and look for a job for the last three months of my wife's pregnancy and uh, just ask god you know what was next and so i started looking at children's ministry positions obviously because that's what i'd known uh but i i wasn't finding anything at that time that would really fit and so i said okay you know lord i'm gonna i'm gonna expand this because i always had intended before and felt before like i was going to be in you know a, a lead pastor senior pastor type role uh and so i ended up getting a, an opportunity to go and, and speak and interview at a, a church in michigan that was a multi-site uh type of church but each church you know that pastor that campus pastor uh, was responsible fully for that church. Like I did my own messages and, and all that. It wasn't a, a video type setup. Uh, and I got that, that job. And so with a six week old baby, uh, we moved out of children's ministry and wow. into lead pastor ministry from Kansas to, uh, the Detroit area, kind of in between Detroit and Ann Arbor. And the first weekend we were there, it snowed, uh, like 18 inches. And I thought, Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> Never, never seen that much snow in my life. Quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I also see here that you you wrote a devotional titled Start Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to mention to the listeners that that's in the description. That link will be in the description, and it's only 99 cents. Wow. So, guys, listen up. Go ahead, Ke- uh, Devin. Yeah, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. So, you know, I actually wrote it mm-hmm. as a dev- 21 day of prayer devotion for the church in Michigan. Uh, when we got up there and we just, you know, printed out, hand out copies of it. But, you know, every year to start off the year, um, as a, as a lead pastor in Michigan and here in, in Kentucky, um, you know, we've started with 21 days of prayer. And I, I believe very strongly, I teach this every single year, how you start determines how you finish and where your life moves in the direction of your dominant thoughts. So if I am not taking the time to set my my mind and my heart on God like I need to, not just at the beginning of the year, but the beginning of every every day, every month, every week. Uh, you know, I'm going to end up off track. You know, it's kind of like flying a plane, right? You can you can get off just a degree or two, and that doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you're flying hundreds or thousands of miles, you're going to end up in a completely different location. And people experience that in their thought lives all the time. You know, I love God, but and I'm at church on Sunday, but I'm really busy and I'm not focused like I need to be the rest of the week. And we're bombarded. I mean, you know this, Dallas. We're bombarded with just media and and stuff and at work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not hearing usually unless you work in ministry. You're not hearing things that are that are positive, that are scriptural based, that are uplifting. You're hearing all the other stuff. And so the the whole point of the devotion was to give people something that in in five minutes or less, here's a scriptural thought, uh, and then here's some just some content, a story or a thought to go along with it to start right every day. Take a few minutes. And I know there's lots of devotions out there, uh, but I wanted this to just be something very simple that people could take uh, and they can Again, you can read it on your phone it's, it, because it's on Amazon. It's digital. There's not physical copies. And just for a few minutes, do it while you're you know, having your cup of coffee. Do it while you're brushing your teeth in the morning and set your mind. The Bible is very clear that we need to set our minds on things above and not on things of this earth. And I believe 
very strongly that if we do that consistently, if we do that daily, and if we do it first, that's an important part of it. And that's why it's called start right. If we do it first, then it affects everything else the rest of our day and the rest of our week. It gives us that, that mindset focus so that when you step into a hostile situation at work or school or a difficult problem, uh, you know, okay, I've already got my mind going in the right direction. And it makes it a lot easier to maintain that. Yeah, that's great. And so going back into the real estate talk, the real estate pastor, so this kind of acts as your mission field. Yeah, I mean, to a, to a degree, obviously, it's a, you know, it's a career mm-hmm. path, it's a job, uh, you know, and I have to be um, professional in it. You know, I, I joke with uh, some of my other real estate friends, because uh, I've had a couple caution me, you know, you shouldn't be promoting yourself as the real estate pastor, you're going to turn, turn some folks off if they don't, you know, believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. In, in two years of doing real estate, I've only had one person that ever really had a problem with it. I've had some that have asked me about it, but only one said, nope, I don't want to work with you if you're a Christian. And I said, okay, that's fine. I don't want to work with you. Uh, no problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't yeah. roll up to show a house, you know, with a, a, a sheet, info sheet in one hand and a Bible in the other. You know, I'm there to help them in their real estate journey. But I, I insert things, like when we write a contract, I'll say something like, okay, now it's time to, to pray and, and trust God. Uh, you know, just little things like that. And, you know, just mm-hmm. to kind of one, lighten the mood, but also let people know, you know, that I, I am a, I'm a person of faith. I want that to be incorporated in my life. As my kids grow, I don't want them thinking that they have to have a faith life that is separated from their regular life, whether that's in school or in a job or in a friendship or anything else. If, if it's separate, if it's hidden, then really, in my estimation, it's not real. If it's not permeating every part of my life, uh, then what good is it? So I'm being professional. I'm doing the best job that I can. And God has been very gracious in, in blessing me in that. Uh, but yes, it gives me ministry opportunities. My, uh, for instance, my very first sale when I started in 2018, uh, they weren't the first clients I started working with. They just happened to be the first ones that actually closed and bought a house uh, was, was a lesbian couple. And they asked me right up front when they found out I was a pastor. They said, well, do you have any problem working with us? And I said, well, why would I have a problem working with you? You know, you want to buy a house? I want to sell houses. Uh, if your money's green, mm-hmm. in other words, as long as you, as long as you can pay for it, you know, I'm happy to help you however I can. And they were, they were so much fun. They asked great questions. I mean, and when we got to the ready to close uh, and we went and did the final walkthrough before they actually signed the paperwork, they, they asked me right in front of the house. They'd asked me if I'd pray over their house. And I said, well, sure I will. So we mm-hmm. prayed. Uh, I've had some folks that have asked me to come uh, after the closing. In fact, earlier this year, the very first sale I had this year, a couple said, well, will you come back to our house after we close and, and anoint the house with oil and pray over our home and our family? I said, well, well yes, I will. I mean, I don't put that on my business card as a service I offer, you know, mm-hmm. but if somebody wants to ask me a question, if somebody wants to go there, I mean, I'm always happy to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Well, thanks, Devin. Thanks for being on the podcast today and sharing your message with us. Is there an overall message or just something else you would like the listeners to take from this podcast today? I think, you know, what I was just talking about in terms of, you know, having my faith be a part of my real estate journey. You know, yes, I'm a successful real estate agent, uh, and I don't hide the fact that I'm a Christian. I think that no matter what marketplace we're in, no matter what 
stage of life we're in, we always need to make sure that we are we are incorporating our faith into what we do. There's a difference between being bold and being arrogant. There's a difference between being a witness and trying to push things. And our world and our culture is very resistant to people, you know, to us pushing our religion on them. Okay, that's fine. But if you can see me do an excellent job while being a Christian, I believe that's attractive. And I think that that can be the case if you're, you know, a cook in a restaurant, if you're selling cars, if you're selling houses, if you're a dog walker, if you're a house cleaner, no matter what it is, people look for honesty, they look for integrity, and they look for authenticity. And as a follower of Christ, I believe those are characteristics that we should always be exhibiting, no matter what arena we're in. And if we do it, uh, if we do what the word says, and we live it out, we get what the word promises. And what is that? That we're going to be blessed. That he's going to bless us in the city, bless us in the field, bless us coming in, and bless us going out. Uh, I just, I think that that's the way he wants us to live our lives. And that's what I try and do. And that's what I would encourage all of uh, all of your listeners to do, no matter what arena they, they happen to find themselves in. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Devin, if I can have you in the podcast by praying us out, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together. I thank you for Dallas. I thank you for this ministry and this podcast and for every single person that is listening uh, to this ministry and this message. Father, I thank you that their hearts are sensitive to hear from you, your leading, your guiding, your direction. Holy Spirit, you have come to give us that guidance in our everyday life. And in the world that we live in, there is such need for guidance so that we don't we don't cause people to turn away from you but that we lift you up and cause people to be drawn to you and so father i pray for each one of us to have hearts that are sensitive to hear eyes that are sensitive to see and perceive needs ears that are sensitive to to listen to the things that are around us so that we can be led by you whether that's in our families our workplaces our schools and father i pray for boldness for those that, that say, I don't know how to live this out. I don't know how to do it differently. Teach us and stir that boldness within us where we don't have to be crazy and we don't have to be flamboyant, but we can be bold enough to say, I am a Christian. Like I am the real estate pastor. It's not going to change. I am a Christian and I believe God is working in my life. And Father, I pray for those that don't have that kind of boldness because they don't know you. I pray that they would be drawn to know what this life is all about because you have so much more to offer than anything we could ever find or experience on our own. And I thank you, Lord, for moving, for imparting grace, and for imparting boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.